Is Venom a bitch? Is he a sassy bitch? We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Watchers on the Couch, Castle Rock. Welcome to the wrap-up show of Castle Rock. It has been long delayed because Debbie and I are both busy. I'm here with my co-host for the entirety of last season or whatever it was, first season, Mrs. Debbie. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? I am also great. I'm off of work now. I just ate a donut, so I feel pretty good about life. Awesome. Yeah. I did ruin my shirt today at work, though. That sucks. Did they mention that? Yeah, something blue. No, it right was, or no? No, uh, it was it's it was something some kind of either red paint or oh, red glue. It's not blue. <laughs> and the shirt is blue. The shirt is blue. Um, I did not do a good job of cleaning it up, but we're not going to talk about that either. We have a lot to cover. Uh, as a preface for the conversation we're about to have, wanted to say that, um. First of all, let's note the response on the uh, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Majority of people were not very pleased with the finale. No. Since we were not able to really talk about that uh, while we were recording the finale. It had happened the day before, so not a ton of response on there before. Um, I think their opinions totally different from ours. Like, Oh, yeah. We weren't, <laughs> we weren't necessarily... 100% satisfied with not getting all the answers we wanted. Yeah. But we also didn't like shit all over. No. <laughs> shit all over it. Um Yeah, and that's just I I don't know. I think that's just uh how TV or art is is like sorry polarizing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, especially if it's good. Yeah. Or bad. <laughs> and I didn't really I didn't have an issue with the show. I just had an issue with how they wrote out that final scene yeah i didn't like the way it went yeah and the final scene was like a couple of minutes long so when you compare that to an hour and such of how long the finale was you know what i mean like yeah mostly okay with everything that happened it was a weird wrap-up for sure and i haven't watched it again but i've thought about it a lot in the month or whatever it's been since we last Got together. There's already cat noises happening. <laughs> I am just. <laughs> Venom's only... being nice and polite. He's watching the other one. He only does this shit either <laughs> at night, yeah, uh, at, at three a.m. or when we're podcasting. Yeah. Well, he leaves. He sleeps on the couch behind me. Kinsley, we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, you know, we contemplated doing this episode just based on what people thought about it and addressing the points and decided that's maybe not the best way to go. Cause then, then it's just us defending the show and that's not really that fun to listen to. No, I mean, it, that's fine. We should defend it cause we liked it, but, but at the same you don't time, need an like, hour of us going off bullet points telling yeah. you why you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not, yeah, that doesn't sound fun to me. So, um, our favorite 
uh, producer and writer on the show, Mr. Mark Bernardin. Mm-hmm. He uh, does a podcast with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith was out of town. Um, I think he's he's a director on Supergirl for some episodes. So mm-hmm. while he's out of town doing that, Mark did a full episode where he brought on a uh, a critic of some kind of thing. She's from Screen Junkies. Yeah, yeah. So she basically just fielded a bunch of questions from the audience and then asked her a bunch of her own questions. Mm-hmm. She took heavy notes. Yeah, and it was about two hours long, and uh, and uh, an hour and a half of that was covering Castle Rock, mm-hmm. top to bottom, and it just all, runs the gamut. So we're gonna go through all the points because he like actually answered questions. Yeah, which. You know, the show really didn't on a lot of this stuff. So No, and I think he's able to answer questions because he's not doing season two. Yeah, so yeah. So he's free of spoilers. He's not beholden yeah, to... Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about saying something because yeah. he's not a part of this new writing process. Right, right. And, you know, I, I, I think he does make a point to, like, not necessarily ruin anything that they were planning or had talked about. He, right. But he's not involved in it, so he doesn't even know if they're going to do that stuff that they talked about. Yeah, because it can change so, time. Uh, traditional format of the show, we cover a little bit of Stephen King news, so let's do that first. Okay. Uh, Sissy Spacek was on WTF with Mark Marin, and they kind of just went through her career. But she mentioned something interesting, interesting about Carrie, it, which was that in preparation for her character, she checked out these um, biblical drawings by uh, and art people that are interested in you know biblical art will know who this is. But mm-hmm. I had no idea, so I had to kind of Google it. But Gustav Doros is a uh, ah Gustav. Yeah, gosh, we love Gustav. Um, <laughs> He made these uh, engravings and etchings that have traditionally been paired with the Bible over several, several years. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what era he was from, but... Um, A while ago. Yeah, but they were the inspiration for her character, and she would start and begin scenes like these drawings. Oh, weird. So I just thought that was a really creepy and weird... Did you Google some of what the drawings looked like? Yeah, and i you Could you see... I mean, they, she, yeah, they just, they're just weird, you know, they're just like, they're very dark, mm-hmm. um, interpretations of stuff that happens in the Bible and which I am not knowledgeable in whatsoever. So people go and look up Gustav Doros. Maybe I'll throw some up on the Facebook group so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, so then Stephen King's dog turned four last week. Oh, happy birthday. Beautiful, beautiful dog that destroys a lot of things apparently. <laughs> Sounds like somebody else we know. Yeah, exactly. And Kinsley's still making noise. Um, Elevation, the new Stephen King novel, Mm -hmm. is released October 30th. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up quick. Might be out by the time this posts. I don't know. The um, it looks cool. I don't. I don't really know what the story is in that. But I know I I read the synopsis because I bought the audio book. But I don't. So it, it will be the uh, the print form of that will be coming out uh, October thirtieth. The Pet Cemetery trailer dropped. Oh. At least the first one. Um, I actually saw it on the big screen before Halloween this past weekend. Oh, nice! Um, Church is so cute. It, it's I'm kind of conflicted on it because I like the f- 
first one as bad as some of the acting is in it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. So um, now, okay, so I never read the book. Yeah, because it's too traumatizing. Yeah, it's it's a brutal I book. He can't. didn't want to release it for a long time. He kept it in like a drawer. Yeah, so I I've never read it, but yeah. I I heard when um, the pictures dropped from the movie and mm-hmm. they had the cat church and they said that it's a main coon which is what Stephen King I think it was a main coon which is what Stephen King had wrote written to the book and not like that black whatever kind of cat that was in the original so apparently it was a gray it was a gray cat yeah gray that's right yeah but uh yeah so apparently they're picking details like better that were actually in the book if that's the case I'm definitely go- I mean I'm gonna see it regardless but mm-hmm. you know um what's uh what's the neighbor's name? Can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he uh that actor is John Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow uh playing that character. He's not doing that that um redneck main accent. No. <laughs> so that's an interesting choice. I you know, you can't really match what the original actor did mm-hmm. with that. It's it would be weird just trying to mimic what he did. So I think that's a good choice, but it, it is kind of like jarring. Blade, I think, if you try. Yeah. And um and also a thing that I noticed is like for some even in Castle Rock, like every show every scary movie and show seems to want to have creepy masked kids in it. Yeah. So that's in there and I don't remember anything about that being in the book. Mm-hmm. So okay, I guess. <laughs> Just it just adds an extra eerie element. Yeah, but those it's, masks. I don't. Yeah, but that. But um, if it's any bit as brutal as the book is, then we can look forward to being severely creeped out by that movie. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Mercedes two just ended. I haven't seen the finale yet, but it is better than the first one. <laughs> they made some really interesting choices of how. Okay, so a lot of that second book. It's uh, inside the mind of the killer who's stricken comatose in the first book. So in order to show that, he's kind of like, they show him like in this room. And uh, it, it it was a good way for them to tell the story. So, mm-hmm. um, Like a broom inside his brain? Yeah, like he's, like, like, uh, he's um, looking through his computer screens and stuff instead of just his inner monologue being the, the way they tell the story. It's like him talking it, you see you see him acting not just right. like a in voice. like in dreamcatcher when he was locked in his brain yes very much the same as that mm-hmm. so um i have enjoyed it uh, i watched episode 9 or wait it was either episode 8 or episode 9 with my mom and that was an interesting experience <laughs> because there's a very creepy uh has she watched any of the show yes she okay. loves the show but but um there's some very creepy mom uh, kid love. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> it's getting a little awkward. This is weird. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, good show. Definitely worth checking out season two. And then I didn't get a chance to watch this, but King was a guest on Eli Roth's new horror history show. Yeah, I saw a commercial for that. So um, I haven't seen it, but I, I can't remember I want if I to. DVR'd it. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, so they're basically going through the history of horror mm-hmm. in pop culture. So look out for that. And that's all I got for news, unless you have anything to throw in here that mm-hmm. you've seen. No, I don't think so. Well, let's get to it, since all we right. have a lot to cover. <laughs> uh, like I said, 
Um, we're going to cover a bunch of stuff from the Fat Man Beyond podcast. And it's, uh, it is called Black Man Beyond is the title of the podcast. If you want to go and check that out before this. Uh, but it kind of would be moot because we're going to cover everything they're about to talk about. Yeah, so, we're, we're telling you about it so you don't have to. Yeah, it. and he actually did a small Instagram Q&A before that came out, and he said this. Um, somebody asked him, would any Dark Tower stories work as a TV show? And he said, there are companies who would like them to. Oh. <laughs> so uh, that's not really a straight answer, but... Um, of course. But it's not a no. Yeah, but uh, I mean, obviously, they want to make that work. The movie, if you ask me, was pure fucking dog shit. <laughs> but uh, they could make some of those stories work because they're spread out over a arcing kind of storyline with lots of different elements that weren't covered in the t- the movie anyway. So right, you need you need more of a platform to get that story across, not just two hours. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, they tried to. They tried to compact so much into one thing, and for me, it didn't work. No, because the problem with that is when they try to... Did you guys watch it? Yeah. Okay. But I've never read the book, so to me... You don't have any context. Right. But I understand it because, you know, I do read a lot of books that become movies or TV Mm. shows, and the problem with the movies is that, especially if it's a series, Mm. is they take the main concept of, like, the first book, and then they pick and choose things from the other books, and when it's in that like specific time for that you know book like you can't just have like other things happening because that doesn't happen yet right so as a fan of the book you're like well that's not how it's supposed to fucking yeah. go <laughs> and then you're pissed off the you're entire movie yeah. yeah so i understand the frustration i didn't have it because i haven't read them yeah and as a fan i was just like hmm the whole time in theater i'm mm-hmm. like hmm. yeah because you're you're thinking that whole time this isn't how it goes. This isn't how it should be. Because if you're going to do a movie and it's a series, then just do the first book. Yeah. Just stay with that first book. Or don't veer off of it. Yeah. Or there's like there's whole there's a whole the whole uh uh fourth book is a flashback to a, a right. pick child for, story. Pick from that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. started with the beginning of the timeline. Yeah. Even you know mm-hmm. so anyway that's us trying to pick stuff apart. Um, so the entire beginning of the podcast was just telling how the story of how he got the job. We're mm-hmm. not really going to cover that. It's, it's kind of interesting, but it's really just a sort of like business story of like how he got hired. Right. Really. So we're not really going to cover that. We're going to talk about the show. Yes. Okay. So, um, I guess follow along in your notes and if I miss anything that you thought was interesting, Stop me and uh, and say your thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first subject was the kid, and also he he's being interviewed by Roth Cornette, which how awesome of a first name is Roth? Yeah, that's <laughs> that like good. she she was rocking that name. So um, yeah, she brought he brought a uh, a critic on and and they kind of back and forth and mm-hmm. she fields some questions and. That's kind of what makes the body of the podcast. But, and they're um, in a bar. Right. In front of a bunch of people who are also interested in the show. So Yeah. Okay, so on the subject of the kid, the writers talked about him being the devil or a demon or uh, Leland Gaunt from Needful Things mm-hmm. um, or just a splinter in the universe. 
And they said he, be- as they wrote, he became a more esoteric version of this where it's hard to say whether or not he is any of these things. Um, but death is, you know, clearly following him wherever he goes. And um, Castle Rock becomes the center of all of this death. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, because... And he says that the kid's not the devil. Yeah. He's not evil. It's just the legend of the kid yeah. follows him around. Right. He's, and he, like you said, Earth more... cannot contain itself when he's there. Right. So bad shit happens. So, so correct in saying he's esoteric. He's more of like all of these things, mm-hmm. sort of. Because he's not supposed to be there. Right. So, and that is another thing that he nails down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and that's a checkbox checkmark in my box yeah being right i was i mean but but we also should preface this by saying like this is his interpretation what he thinks well yeah but because he's saying this storyline is done yeah. like right. that's what it should be right. unless they go back and rewrite things so uh the and okay so there's a lot of stuff so we can't spend too much time on each mm-hmm. little thing but i'm just gonna we're just going to roll through these and spend a little bit of time on each. Yeah. Um, on the subject of the kid visiting the party, and where he gets on the roof of that house, mm-hmm. which we were definitely kind of perplexed by. <laughs> the murder um, The murder house? Yeah. Uh, he said this pl- takes place in the present timeline and is not a flashback at all. It's just because he's there, so they yeah. just start murdering each other. Which we thought, or at least my, one of my theories was that... He is, he's, it is a flashback and he's viewing something that previously happened in that house. Yeah. No, instead it was, it was him being there causing that. He's just like broke in. Yeah. And we, we actually thought that he might, that might, (laughs) that might be him as a kid or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So all of that wrong. Yeah. He just yeah. shows up and they start murdering each other. So uh, listeners out there, you're getting you're we're getting answers mm-hmm. that we did not get. So this is going to be really I think this is going to be an interesting show for people to listen to. Um, Let's see. Uh, Ruth on the subject of Ruth. She's the only character who, um, quote unquote, time travels in the story. Mm-hmm. But um. It's really her mm-hmm. dementia, but if anybody is time traveling, it's her. You know, so the kid is not time traveling, right? Um, so I was wrong on this because I was really hoping she was like bouncing back and forth and yeah. doing shit. She's just a normal person with dementia, and I'm glad that it's simpler than that than what we thought. Yeah, because, but like, I was really it would hoping, really overcomplicate. I was like hoping that yeah. Ruth was alive still somehow. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. Um, so. Then another thing about Ruth is her uh, seeing things new in the Queen. Um, it's only because she's off her meds that she's seeing mm-hmm. things differently. Um, she isn't able to change the past, but just see it in a new way. Right. So she is not some kind of uh, time she's lord. Not a or... reliable source. No. But she's not she's not like a Doctor Who like Time Lord where she's able to switch stuff around now no. or anything like that. She's just off her meds and now she's able to see things for uh not even necessarily how they really are, but just differently than she did before. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Um, I, and it's crazy because as he goes through these things, I'm like, I did not expect to ever find out about this stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I guess because the kid's hanging out there, you know, that mm-hmm. is when Ruth shoots Alan, you know, that's the crazy side effect he has on him being at their house. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. So when they were writing, they only had the Raisu about 10 King stories in all, which I thought was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they had to pick from these very specific titles. Yeah. Um, which the ones that they reference and not just like barely touch on, but like definitely reference are the ones. So like mm-hmm. evil things, you know. That kind of stuff. Uh, the, the characters that are pulled right. are directly from those ones that they had the rights to. Right. Um, the okay. So, question: <clears throat> Is the kids' parallel universe story real? They took a poll in the bar, <laughs> and less of the uh, the least amount of people in the bar thought that it was real. And guess what? And well, um, Mark believes that the kid. Um, because it gives firm ground to tell the rest of the story. Yeah, so you got to believe it. Yeah. So, so again, I was right. You, okay, I'll give you. <laughs> I'll give you that. And that was a source of argument between on the board too. Is like you're wrong about that, Chris. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's maybe just, I. Yeah, it had you're to probably be right. I am, but it had to be true. Yeah, because unless. I mean, if it isn't, then the re- it kind of like makes the rest of the story sort of see through. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's not, like you said, not really firm ground to tell the rest. So, um, I would have guessed that Mark would say, that, and I wrote this down. I would guess that Mark would say that, considering he wrote the episode that introduces the entire <laughs> schisma concept. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, can I just say, I. The more I think about um, the episode that he did, mm-hmm. the more I think about that episode was almost totally not needed. Like, if you take that episode out, does it really change anything? Hmm. Well, we never have the mystery of the van. No. like. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, though, because it, it is kind of like its own separate storyline. Yeah, I mean, they, they popped up, you know, in like two episodes yeah. before following him, and then it was this whole yeah. shebang with them, and then it was just over. And we and already... All that, and all that really did was allow him to maybe hear things and then yeah. kind of believe Molly more, but not really. Well, but then in the later episodes, like, that stuff isn't super expanded upon it's just sort of like okay now you know that he is actually hearing stuff or whatever yeah it's not i just feel like they could have done that in a different way yeah no we've given us another episode of more details yeah we but we get after in all the episodes after that we get the point of what they're trying to give to us you know what i mean like just the more the more i look back the more i'm like oh that episode like i just uh it wasn't one of the stronger ones. It was more confusing. Because how did anything. the van get out there, man? Yeah. <laughs> he answered us on that one. <laughs> um, okay, so question. Does Alan Pangborn remember old Castle Rock events? Because... He's you know, in a lot of them. That's that's something I brought up. Is like, all this fucking crazy shit happens and evil things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the town basically gets destroyed... So how is he not ever referencing any of it? You <laughs> right. know what I mean? So his answer was PTSD. 
<laughs> he just, that he he's chooses, blocking a lot of things. Yeah, he like <laughs> chooses to forget that he do- saw the devil, which the major spoilers for Neville things, and some insanity at the end of that whole story. He puts it behind him, and Ruth is his north star in this story that keeps him yeah. grounded. You know what I mean? Like he goes to her, and he's like, "Okay, if I just keep this under control, things are going to be okay for me." Mm-hmm. Turns out, not so much. Nope. If you if this if Castle Rock is now canon in Stephen King, yeah, then this is the end line, of yeah. unless we go in that other timeline, right? So, and I hate that I have to now accept, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> as soon as I heard them say that, I was like, yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, and you know. I can always forever say that this is just how Mark sees it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the, also the fact that it is true and that there's parallel universes just makes my heart hurt more for mm-hmm. the kid who's now locked in a oh, cage Oh, totally. Again. It's so it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay, so on the subject of trolling the fans, because there is a lot of stuff in here. It's like, dude, are you guys just fucking with us? Okay, but you know? before you go into sure. that... He, I just want to put in, because he talked about a scene that didn't make it that he really hoped would about the adoption of how they got, um, the way they refer to it in the podcast is Black Henry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so and, Black Henry and yeah, White Henry are how they differentiate. Yeah, so when Matthew Deaver, um, in our normal timeline that we're used to, when him and Ruth go to the hospital to adopt the baby... In that scene, they wanted to show him with that machine or that frequency thing. Mm. Um, and whichever baby cried, that was the one that ha- could hear on that frequency. And mm. I felt like that that probably would have helped us, you know, a little bit more. And Yeah, I mean, at least kind of connect those dots while right. we're watching and be like... So I, I was kind of disappointed that that was not a scene that actually made it into yeah, that was Yeah, that was a criticism... From a lot of people is not enough really like character development. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy with it, but no, there, no, there I still, I some... still love the show. I just, yeah. you know, now I'm wishful thinking. Yeah, and it certainly couldn't have hurt. No, you know. Um, okay, so Mark said that there was definitely there's minimal trolling. Like they weren't <laughs> setting out to fuck with us. On a scale of one to ten, he said three. Yeah, so <laughs> there is a little bit. Of, I saw it more as red herrings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, look over here. You're not going to see what's really going on if you're looking over here. Right. Um. Let's see. So he says the lever between what characters believe and what do uh, the storytellers show. What is the most evocative version of the story? And an example of this is Molly's powers or just asocial. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to like. There's a balance between the two is like how you want to what what is going to connect with people that are watching it the most in an evocative way. Right. And well, I thought it was interesting. They said it's he said she doesn't have the shining. But, yeah. But close to it. Right. And, and everybody was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. It is. She does kind of ride the line the whole time. Mm-hmm. So and that it just keeps you guessing. So that's kind of the thing. What he was saying is like we weren't fucking with you. It's just it's a, it's in it's between. a mystery. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. On the subject of, and I'm just gonna keep saying that a lot. I guess, <laughs> um, Jackie going to the Overlook next next season. Uh, 
Cat wants your donut. <laughs> uh, he says there's pretty much zero chance that's going to happen. Yeah, so we're staying in Castle Rock. Yeah, and I kind of thought that that was the case because it's Castle Rock, not, right. you know, uh, Boulder or wherever the Overlook is. Um, I think the actual hotel's in Boulder, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I mean, I love the character of Jackie. I hope. I think he said like there's, it's possible she'll show up again, but I don't mm-hmm. think that. I don't think we're gonna spend a whole season there. No, that would just be The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> she'll, she'll probably be a side character. Yeah. Um. Oh, and before you forget, um, they said that, uh, twenty-seven years in the cage is what turned the kid into a monster mm-hmm. he wasn't a monster right so I yeah just, i just want to that was <laughs> yeah, another no. point of contention with <laughs> us oh totally yeah <sighs> that i mean and really that's just like a theory that i had mm-hmm. they never concretely said that you know but there is a lot of things that could i was lead just, you I was that just always open for the best yeah <laughs> for him um yeah, he says the 27 years of time passage that White Henry and Black Henry are in the other world is real. Mm-hmm. So And won't be visited again. Right. So that's, that's I mean, he is laying down that gauntlet and saying, like, that is for sure what we meant. Yeah. So I, I dig that. Even if I disagreed with it upon first watch, I totally, I like getting answers like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay. So, talking about JJ's involvement a little bit, he said that um, JJ is the one who gets the uh, big names of people on the phone. You know, when they were theorizing what kind of actors could be on the show and they're like, it would be cool if we got Sissy Spacek because she was in Carrie mm-hmm. and she's an actor who's an actress who's still out there doing it. Um, maybe we should ask JJ to get her. You right. know? So anybody big that they wanted, they're like, hey, JJ. And I like how it just sounds like he's just got everybody's phone number and his cell you know, phone. He probably does. Yeah, he's got a Rolodex. Yeah, I'm sure or at least he has like their agents. Yeah. You know. And uh, he was never hands-on with the show, though. He was just sort of like on the periphery. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's just... They ran stuff by him, and he's like, oh, no, that sounds good. Yeah. Go for it. You know? G- very vague, general sense. You know, it's not he Star would Trek get. that he's right. doing. Uh, let's see. So, uh, the difference between a bad robot story and Stephen King's story, the bad robot uh mystery aspect yeah and uh stephen king uh there's like no mystery behind it <laughs> he just the fucking title is. says what it is <laughs> you know which was like cujo and carrie yeah it's like that's the subject of the story there Christine. is no mystery yeah <laughs> the shining, the shining right? it it exactly um, and then i love when he said it and what is it it's a fucking the uh, clown spider yeah. <laughs> you can find yeah. that out on page five <laughs> um yeah and they said hulu wanted clarity and connective tissue so they found a happy medium between mm-hmm. stephen king's and hulu's version of telling stuff stephen so. king's well here's all your information now what are you gonna do yeah. with it and <laughs> right. hulu's well let's not give them everything right um okay so a fellow writer sam used ruth the uh the story of ruth's 
dementia and stuff to process his own mother's recent death and dementia. So I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That writer handled that whole storyline. Um, and said that she really did use chess pieces. Right. So that was that's pretty cool. Yeah. That, like that's a, something out of reality. That's a real tool. Um, which is also super sad, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. That's real life. It's sad sometimes. Dementia sucks. Reality is sadder than mm-hmm. <laughs> fiction a lot of times. So, okay. Um, here was a crazy fucking thing that he laid just out there in the open. Uh, Henry and Molly did do it at I their fucking knew house. It. I told you. <laughs> you did. And, but it didn't explicitly say that. And the crowd was surprised when he said that. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> they had fucking bedroom eyes and they were in the bedroom and getting dressed. It was so obvious. Yeah. They had sex. <laughs> knew it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they did. <laughs> um. So there's that. There is that. Uh, an unused pitch. Ah, I loved this idea. Yeah, Mark wanted Sissy Spacek to somehow reference her being Carrie on the show, and that's why the universe was being torn apart, uh, but they did not have the rights to use Carrie. So. Yeah, he wanted to, to make it like she was in the Witness Protection Program, Yeah, she moved to Castle Rock under yeah. a different name, and now all shit's going... And they, and they were tra- they were like, well, we could like allude to it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, just... I don't know. I it might be a little too on the nose for her to be Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean that's the thing. Like they wouldn't need the rights if they just allude to it because they have Carrie. Yeah, and there's several other things that I don't know that they for sure had the rights to that they alluded to, like mm-hmm. nine and nineteen. Those are just numbers. Yeah. But they're definitely in the Dark Tower universe, but they're just numbers, so they can allude to them safely. You know right. what I mean? Uh, okay, so the De- uh, Desjardins house, that's easy to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, could, I, I was just like old man barber dude. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name. So the idea was that before being found by Pangborn, young Henry um, was at the Desjardins house and weird shit happened there, but it didn't land well on the show. Mm-hmm. So that was, and uh, the mystery there is like, was he in the cage for 12 days in the other universe? Um. But it did, yeah, he was correct that it didn't land well because we were like, what? It? They kind of never address it again after that. No, not at all. Uh, it was just so, like he went there, got yeah. creeped out, got the file, and yeah. left. So that's another thing that was like we were talking about on the boards a little bit is like there's all these storylines that just sort of get left out in the open, mm-hmm. which uh, is weird. Yeah, and it's it's kind of frustrating. But like if they had gone and made henry question it and Mm. like talk about it more then Mm. maybe you would have gotten that payoff of well there's two different theories of where he actually went for those 12 days he was either you know in the woods here in a cage or he was in that other dimension you Mm. know but they never revisited it in any way so it just just like okay yeah we just (laughs) forgot about it and then we never talked about it again after that really so uh anyway that's all we really have there. Uh, Mark believes that if Black Henry had chosen to push White Henry into the portal, things would have balanced out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, he chooses to bear the weight of responsibility and imprison the kid, which is what you were so frustrated <sighs> with. Stupid Henry. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that is truly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So 
He's punishing himself for no reason. Well, it's and in and in, inadvertently, like but in the in the way they're telling the story, though, it's pulling it back around full circle. Yeah, I mean, he's and crazy he, now, and he becomes the custodian of um, White Henry. You yeah. know what I mean? He takes the place of D, of uh, the warden, the war, the previous warden, Lacey. Yeah. Um. So, so that's kind of how that is, but he. White Henry should have done his bad mojo, whatever that shit is in the universe that yeah. just follows him around, that kills people, should have gotten, you know, this Henry because he just ruined everything. I honest, but I just... He I ruined honest, it all. If he would have pushed him through, that's also a satisfying ending. So Yeah, I would have loved that so much more. But, yeah, they chose the other direction. They chose so. the other direction, <laughs> which is heartbreaking. Yeah. And then the fact that they keep saying we may never see that ever again. Yeah. So now I'm just left to think, well, poor, yeah. poor, you know, other dimension Henry is yeah. just rotting away in a fucking hole again in the middle of this town. Yeah, but but at the same time, a lot of Stephen King stories don't have a happy ending at all. I know. So it is kind That's why of... why I throw his books a lot. <laughs> Fuck his endings. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them. Not all of them, but there's they're always and um I think he talks about this later or something, but his end Stephen King's endings always kind of leave a door at the end for mm-hmm. it for something else. And so there's like Sometimes you don't want that door. There's there they do resolve that the bad shit kinda gets wrapped up most of the time. But or or sometimes they don't. But there's always a tinge of shittiness still left with the ba- the main character. Yeah, it's never a happy ending. Yeah. It's 600 pages of doom and gloom. Yeah. And you get to the end, the bad shit's gone, but now everything sucks. Well, Which, th- but th- the, the well, complete really, opposite of how they do movies. But they just have to, yeah, but they just have to live with the awfulness of what just happened. You know what I mean? Like, Pangborn, even though he doesn't reference it in the Castle Rock show, he has to live with shit being torn, his reality as he knows it being torn apart, how he doesn't, can't ever see anything the same again. I know. King writes it more realistic. Like, yeah, exactly. And that, Shit hits the fan, everything still sucks see, afterwards. that's why I like how yeah. he ends stuff, because it's like real shit. I just don't like when I go on a 400-page journey with him, and I just feel so heart more heartbroken <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. end. And I'm like, if I had just not read these last two pages, yeah. I wouldn't feel this bad right it's now. Tough, yeah. But if you want to be a fan, you got to take the punches, you know. Okay, so moving on, there were conversations about making the kid Randall flag from uh, the stand, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's also known as like RF. Or the Ageless Stranger, or a bunch of different stuff. He's basically the man in black in the Dark Tower, and he's this evil force that kind of pops in here and there in right. uh, different King stories. But they decided not to. Um, well, they didn't have the rights to him, to the stand. Yeah, and but they also decided um, not to dissuade viewers of thinking the kid might be Pennywise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, so like... They're not necessarily saying that he's not, but they're also not going to dissuade you from going down that path in your mind because it is creepy as fuck to think that he might be. Yeah, and he's also, what they mentioned, and we mentioned it too, the opposite of John Coffey. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because he has the touch of death. Um, Okay, so on the birds, um, 
That weird shit is a natural side effect of the schisma and not supernatural. And it is pseudo based on actual science. Mm -hmm. And I think we may have addressed that before because Mark had talked about it somewhere. Yeah, but what they what they go on from with that is the schisma is what's driving people to do crazy things. Yeah. Also. Right. Which we I I mean, we never really discussed the schisma Mm -hmm. being the source of evil. But it no. makes sense if there's a tear, you know, in the realities right there. Yeah. It's, I mean, if it, if this town is. So it's not is, just the kid. It's right. everything. Yeah. And we kind of, I mean, th- we kind of see that later in the finale when, the, when, um, let's see, uh, the all those prisoners that are in there start fucking going mm-hmm. crazy and then they span out through the town causing mischief yeah. that we don't get to see happen, <laughs> but we just assume happens. Um, yes, mischief. Right. That's a nice way of saying mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Kitty cat. I uh, also like how they, they compared um, Castle Rock to a Hellmouth situation. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I loved all the Buffy, Harry Potter, yeah. like all the references going on. Yeah, I mean, it's a total nerd group audience mm-hmm. for that show. So Okay, so on the subject of Henry having supernatural abilities... Mark says he has absolutely none, and that Molly is the closest to having that. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It's really, it's not his him having the shining at all. It's just the product of the universe right. being in a clusterfuck. And him hearing <laughs> yeah. that frequency. Yeah. Um. Oh, th- okay, so th- I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Henry... Is a black guy who does a lot of breaking and entering. He, and he does. <laughs> and we never really like, no. thought about it that way. But yeah, he really does. Uh, and like she mentioned, Roth, uh, to be fair, he does break into the same house twice. So that, yeah. does that count? As... Well, he breaks into, yeah, the blind lady's house. And then it gets sold. Yeah, and as then the it's B&B. the bed and breakfast. Uh-huh. Uh, but he also breaks into Desjardins' house. Right. Um. So, yeah, and he never, like, the the blind lady, you know, Lazy's mom or whatever, does get mad at him or whatever. It's his wife. Oh, that was his wife. That's right. They yeah. were both old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um. Yeah, but I just thought that was a funny way of looking at that. It like, was. It's a black guy breaking in places all over the place. Um, um, right before that, they mentioned, though, that castle rock is kind of disbanded from the rest of the country that mm. they're more in a lawless land um and that's why they don't have you know the huge police force you know and it takes a couple of days for the state police to get to their area yeah yeah they're not in a uh they're not necessarily in a major <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to get a podcast photo <laughs> In mid-conversation, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Um. Okay, so. Oh, so th- the next thing of note. Yeah. And I'm so excited for this. What's that? Fucking Willie really did kill Odin. Oh, well, hold on. I There was one other thing. Um, The tinnitus uh and kind of the gunshot in his ear and the schisma all those things used to tie together henry doubting his reality and begin to believe in the supernatural so henry's a dumbass henry is a dumbass but i thought it was kind of cool that they 
had multiple ways of trying to get across to you mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's trying to pull this shit together. But it never comes working. across to no. him. <laughs> it doesn't. No Only matter, to us. No matter how many times Molly reads his mind yeah. and tells him what he's thinking, he's still like, what? Yeah. No, man. He's kind of dumb. fucking snap out of it. Okay, so Willie did kill Odin. Yay! Yeah, not Molly. Or the kid. Or the kid. Yeah, so... We were all confused on that. <laughs> Kid exonerated. Molly exonerated. Yeah, and um, you know, we I think we floated that it was a possibility that mm-hmm. Willie did it, but cuz he didn't want to be stabbed in the ear, and that's exactly yeah. what they said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> so uh that was cool to get that answer. Yeah. Not explicitly told at all. No. Well, cuz he blames he blames uh Black Henry for it. Yeah. It's like that guy did it. <laughs> Blame the one black guy. Oh, if they had blamed him for a B and E, yeah, I mean that would have been a lot. It makes more sense. Um, he says that season two writing has begun and Mark is not involved. Nope. Uh, I think he has his own show. Yeah, he's doing something else for Can't like two what months it's called. or something. And uh, let's see. Okay, so here we go. Subject of the demon face. Yeah. Henry uses this as a justification. Black Henry, we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uses this as justification for imprisoning the kid. He's the one that sees that. I told you. We're seeing it through his eyes. I knew it. (laughs) I told you. He's not evil. So, Black Henry is interpreting reality uh, incorrectly. Yeah, this is what justifies him being able to sleep at night. Right. That the kid is really the devil. Um. So then a follow-up to that is, well, why does he smile then really creepily at the end? And I, that's what I said. Too. Yeah, and he says he's it's kind of just trolling the audience, which is bullshit. They shouldn't have done that if that's the case. Well, and like I said, he's smiling because he knows he can sit down there and wait another 27 years. Yeah. And the other fucking Henry's just going to go just as crazy and eventually yeah. kill himself. And it, and it is also like a tease for possibly returning mm-hmm. that character on another Which season. I really hope they do. But that's where I kind of understand frustration on some people's part. It's like, well... If he's gone through all this fucking heartbreak and shit, he shouldn't be smiling at the end. Even they turned though- him into a monster. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. Well, I guess. not. Th- just because he's not actively killing people, like his just very being is killing people, doesn't mean he's not a little fucked up in the head. Well, yeah, and especially since he's been in a cage for a really long time. Yeah. Like, and he's going to be. And then for when he gets rescued, he gets rescued by this person. He has no idea who he is, but mm. he lives in, you know, with his mom. Or, you know, who he perceives as his mom, mm-hmm. but it's not his mom, you know? So, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just weird. And then listening to all those tapes and seeing, like, that this whole other life is existing right. without him. Yeah, it's totally screwed up. Yeah. That, Any semblance of up. living okay. I'd smile. I'd smile when he left, too, because I'd know that, you know, his shit's not going to be this okay better either. better than being out there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> um, let's talk about... Okay, so parallel universes in relation to the canon of Stephen King. Um, and this is what um, universe that these stories take place in in mm-hmm. relation to our Castle Rock story. Right. So Needful Things takes place in the Black Henry universe. Cujo takes place in the Black Henry universe. Mm-hmm. Dolores Claiborne 
takes place in White Henry's universe. Mm-hmm. The body, uh, aka Stand by Me, takes place in Black Henry's universe. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no real answers or discussion on the subject. Really, they're just sort of throw those out there, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, another interesting bit is that they tried to get Martin Sheen to reprise his role <laughs> in this show f- from uh, from the Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have shit my pants if that happened. Right. I love that movie so much. It's totally underrated as far as Stephen King stuff goes. People don't talk about it enough. I never watched the TV show at all. Um, I know that had it had the grown up kid from um, the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. You know the nerdy kid from that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would have been fucking insane if Martin Sheen just showed up out right. of nowhere in the show. <laughs> um, yeah, if people haven't seen Dead Zone, go and see that movie. It's fucking great. Well, I mean, rent it or something. You won't be able to go and see it anywhere. <laughs> Rented at Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> you have to go to the one that's left. In Alaska. Oh, I think that was debunked. I think oh, it's in, it's like, in Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. A interesting theory that an audience member said is that White Henry uh, is, is just the Langoliers trying to catch up to him. Yeah. And that's why he's so fucked up. So I thought that was really interesting. I didn't, like, never would have thought that that would be a thing. No. Um, and that is kind of all the notes I wrote down for it. That's all you got, too? The was last thing I have else? is Langoliers are coming together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. All of that stuff super interesting. I hope you guys out there listening, I looked at the mic like they're in there. <laughs> Hello, uh, people. Enjoyed those answers, but we're not finished yet. I have one more thing that I thought was super fucking cool that I found that came up on YouTube after the show finally wrapped. Mm-hmm. These are est- e- these are Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard to say. These are Easter eggs that we never mentioned. Oh, awesome. And there's a fucking lot of them. Okay. So, in the credits, there's a page from the Green Mile... That is in the credits. On the last episode of which one? All of them? No, in, or? The, cre- in the opening credits. Like, oh, there's okay. a bunch of yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff flying at you. And we never really nailed down what all that stuff was. So, Yeah, because, I mean, I, I know it said, uh, like, Dairy, Maine, because it yep. has a newspaper clipping. Yep. There's, uh, let's see. There's a page from The Shining hmm. in the opening credits. Um, it says all work and no play, that kind of stuff. Uh, Misery's return. Wait, let's see. Oh, so within the book uh, Misery, there is a novel entitled Misery's Return. Mm-hmm. That novel, a page from that, no. is in the credit, <laughs> Wow, which is like super deep, deep. Diving. deep. Um, so let's see from the needful things novel. There is a page from that in there, uh, in the credits, dairy is circled. Like you said, uh, there are several cities on a map that all connect to different cities mentioned throughout Stephen King lore. 
Uh, let's see. The Strangler from the Dead Zone used to live in Molly's house on the show. I thought we knew that. Because she she mentions that a Strangler used to live here or something. Yeah. Or or when she's selling the B&B, she says a Strangler used to live in my house. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I I just don't know if we mentioned that that was an Easter egg or not. But maybe I I, remember. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Okay, so the Nazi in the prison Mm -hmm. that uh, White Henry has his way with, Mm -hmm. uh, he was reading Lord of the Flies. Which Castle Rock, it, the title is directly taken from Lord of the Flies. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. So, the smiley from, uh, like the um, yellow smiley face that is in uh, Mr. Mercedes and that Randall Flagg wears on his lapel in the stand. Mm. Uh, that is in the show... I don't know. Well, he puts smiley faces on all the monitors. That's yeah, that's what it was. Okay, I was like trying to think, rack my brain mm-hmm. off the top of my head because I didn't because most of these I wrote like wh- what it connected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the smileys on the computers. Uh, let's see, red uh, references soap carving in one of the uh, prisoner library scenes. Oh. So oh, red. <laughs> yeah, so in uh in um Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see here. In alternate reality, White Henry's reality of Castle Rock, the address of the park is 1919. Oh. Um there in in the town square there you see a whole bunch of stores and stuff and there's Claiborne Ice Cream Shop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Callahan's Thrifty Lot, which is uh, one of the main characters in Salem's Lot, and also in one of the or a few of the Dark Tower books. Uh, Molly is named after King's dog. Hmm. Um, the motto of Molly's company is "Live like a king." <laughs> okay. And on the side of the school bus in the junkie, uh, uh, the junkyard. <laughs> I don't know why I said junkie yard. Uh, MB-117, it is a Beethoven piece that is titled King Stephen. Oh, okay. So, nice. super deep cut. <laughs> and uh, I think that's... And, the, and Mark Bernardin was acting like, oh, we don't do that many Easter eggs. We don't really think about it that much. That's very deep. <laughs> it's very deep. So, that will wrap up our... Uh, Watchers on the Couch, Castle Rock follow-up episode. How do you feel happy. about it? I was happy with the way he answered those questions. Me too. I I like. I I really enjoyed that he did that in depth of a conversation about it because mm-hmm. shows don't do that. No, especially shows that are like this kind of questiony mystery leave a lot of stuff open ended. You know, it's not that often that. We know of a writer mm-hmm. who was on the show, who was like right there when all the shit was being written and knows what it all means to or, and is going to tell us to some extent, you right. know, because I, I almost feel like this interview that he did, it's not for the naysayers. It's not for the people that like said, oh, I hate this show. It's 
for the people who watched it, who enjoyed it, mm. and he's like, I'm going to give you some answers. Yeah, and they we still have questions. That we weren't able to give in the show. Right. Yeah. For whatever reason, whether right. it be they didn't want to or that they weren't able to mm-hmm. or they had, you know, 10 episodes when they thought they were going to have 15 or something like that. Right. So, um, let's end it by saying this. Tim and Sarah are currently covering Watchers on the Couch, uh, the new Doctor Who series. I need to fucking watch that show. Uh, I have watched the first three episodes. Of this new one? Of the new one. And I'm listening to their podcast along with it. Uh, I was never really a fan of Doctor Who before this. I've dipped in here and there. But I absolutely love the stuff they're doing on the show. Hmm. Um, it's, every story is totally different. Mm-hmm. So that keeps me interested, too. We're not just... It's not. It's definitely not like this show, Castle Rock, where it's all one thing. You right. Know? And every new season, you can jump in as a beginner. Yes. Yeah. It's a whole new storyline yeah. that they explain they, to you. They try their best to make it an easy landing if you're coming in as a newcomer well yeah because if you're if you come into it as a newcomer it seems kind of daunting yeah to try to take on i mean it has been a show (laughs) it's been a show literally for like 50 years or something so anyway um check that out watches on the couch.com uh also we sort of decided that we're gonna do it right did we decide that what do you mean well uh, we kind of discussed Oh yeah, the uh, the old school one. Yeah, like in the in the in between of mm-hmm. Newcastle Rock, whenever that's gonna be, we're gonna meet up in like a couple few months or something like that, and I don't know. I think we should probably watch it separately. Yeah, but <laughs> the original, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's in two parts, right? Something like that. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's only on one DVD now. Yeah, so it's probably like, what do you what do you think? Like two and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, because there's a mini series mm-hmm. on TV, so yeah, a little bit longer than a a standard movie, a movie, right? But what we're gonna do, I I don't know exactly how we're gonna cover yet. If we're gonna do it like this, where we like this show, where we cover it beat by beat, or if we're just gonna watch it and talk about it, well, you know, know I mean? I, let's watch it and talk about it. I think that's probably a better idea. Uh, so, My greatest phobia ever and yeah. obsession came from that movie that yeah, I still live um, with today. <laughs> I absolutely was freaked out by that movie when I was a kid. So yeah. um, it's a good one to watch. And who doesn't love Tim Curry? Exactly. It's just a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until next time you hear from us, see you then. Goodbye, so, everyone. Bye, 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 bye.